Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. You better believe it. Next up is going to be downtown Lou. Make sure you visit them in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st in Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of if, matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. Make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. Big if on that one. I felt like you were prepared for it. Just a little bit, but practice. <laughs> in the mirror each night, yeah. practicing. We, we it. took it. We took last week off. I just I've been practicing my ifs. <laughs> if yeah. this, if that, if if if. October has turned out to be a very busy month, actually. Uh, for the both yeah. of us, uh, we were just talking about it before we even started recording. Like I, now, I'm in full basketball dad mode. Basketball practice a couple nights a week. Games are getting ready to start. October has flown by so far. Yeah, I mean, Halloween's ne- is a week away, uh, or I guess next Tuesday. So yeah, a week away, yeah. a week and a day. So that's just crazy to think about. But I mean, it feels like July just ended yesterday, and we've mm-hmm. gone three months since then. And it just also makes you think, like, damn, if I had started that diet, like I would be three months <laughs> into it and be doing pretty good. That's just how fast time has also flown by. Surely I'm not the only one that's yeah. had that experience, but. <laughs> Slowly but surely. I think you're exactly right. It's just like, man, if I would have hard stopped or hard started right there, it would be like hard launch. That's what I'm looking for. You're doing pretty good. Uh But rolling into another holiday season, baby. That makes me feel pretty bad about myself, actually. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But anything that I wanted to do that I've been procrastinating for roughly three months, I could have been done with by now. (laughs) Yeah, this is the deadline. Like, shit, new routine. (laughs) I guess we'll have to wait. Next thing you know, it's yeah. been six months. And you're like, and now, now the holidays are here. Great idea. Now the holidays are here. It's too late to start anything. You have to wait till the first of the year. <laughs> yeah, with everybody else. And then everyone's done by the second week. Bad weather. Stinks. Uh-huh. Couldn't get out. Yeah. Couldn't go to the gym. Uh, That's my routine. October has flown by. So has the football season. It, it's actually kind of crazy how fast it has been going. Uh, we're already halfway through the college football season, halfway through the NFL season, or almost halfway through the NFL season now. Uh, and we did want to talk about sports, not just how fast the year is going by and what we're doing. Uh, Michigan is under investigation once again, and I wanted to start there tonight because it's, it almost feels like the NCAA really has their eye on Michigan and Jim Harbaugh right now. He was under investigation over the summer for providing recruits with hamburgers and possibly also lying to the investigators. And it feels like they just didn't go away. Like they might have stayed on campus to check out what's going on. And at first when I heard about this new scandal, I didn't think much of it. Uh, In-game videotaping, in-game scouting of your opponents, it didn't feel like much. But then earlier today it starts to come out that they actually had like a former Marine going to games all over the country and he like specialized in like code breaking and was getting the other hand signals and plays from other teams 
And so much so that he, they actually caught him videotaping the sidelines of opposing teams. And that this has been going on for roughly three years and that he's been to 11 different schools. Uh, it feels like a little bit more than just, oh, well, we had a coach go and scout the opponents. When you get into videotaping and buying tickets for other teams' games, like you're not even going as like a credential like, hey, I'm a coach, I'm here to scout. You don't get to do that. Going and doing it in this kind of sleazy way makes it feel a little bit different. It does a little bit, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> if I mean, like the Astros cheating, like yeah, like that was a big deal. But you come to find out, like four or five other teams were probably doing the same thing, but the Astros were the one that just took the brunt of it. And hey, sure enough, they still go and win a World Series, so it didn't slow them down too much. Mm-hmm. And with Michigan, it's kind of just like, all right, like yeah, they've been much better, you know, over the last three years. Jim Harbaugh went from being nearly fired to now being like one of you know the most loved culture. I shouldn't say loved, mm-hmm. but you know, being one of the best coaches in the league for one of the best teams and all of college football. And now we're, this is coming up, but I do think you're right in terms of like the investigators are just not going away. It's like that one investigator in a movie who's just the, the ultimate hard ass and doesn't want to move on from something because he's just got that gut feeling. And his boss is telling him to just move on and move on and move on. And he's like, I'm going to figure it out. It's like, dude, just yeah. stop. Like, come on, just go handle other stuff. Who cares that they got a code breaker going to football games and figuring it out? Honestly, props to them. I'm sure other schools are probably doing the same thing. We just haven't heard about it yet, or they're going about it in a different way. But I don't. I mean, if it's really giving you that much of an upper hand and knowing their signals and stuff, and you're being able to relay that to your players that quickly and know what's coming, like, okay, then yes, I can understand it. But at the same time, like. Again, I don't think they're probably the only ones doing this. Probably not. Football is such a copycat league with everything. And this has probably been done before. Maybe not to a certain extent with videotaping. I, I still don't think too much of it. With football, it's, you can always figure out what the other team's doing. You can figure out the pictures that are on the board. You can figure out their hand signals. It's all about stopping it. And, you know, like being in this area, high school football is great. You have schools that are very, very good, and they've been doing the same exact thing, the same offense for eight years or more. You can know what a team's doing. You still have to stop it. They might run five plays all night long. You still have to be able to stop it. And maybe it's a little bit different at that level of football. But it just it feels like a little bit like the NCAA is kind of after Jim Harbaugh. And it also kind of sucks because – this is the best that they've ever been. Uh, they're ranked number two right now in most polls. Uh, they're undefeated. They look better than they ever have. And this is going to be kind of a tarnished. I, I just I look at the way that people reacted to the Patriots and their all their little cheating scandals. Like people want to claim that the Patriots weren't any good because uh, they did some videotaping of practices and things like that. Michigan is still very good. I don't think that the hand signals or videotaping of the sidelines is going to take them from like the unranked team to the number two ranked team. It might get you past Michigan State a little bit easier. I, I don't even think that it's going to make that much of a difference against like Ohio State. Yeah. And I mean, you hear, you know, and this might be a little extreme, but you know, you hear players being moved in the NFL. And we just recently heard it with the Niners and the Cowboys. Trey Lance, you know, going to the Cowboys. And it's like, hey, are, 49ers, are you worried about Trey Lance being able to help the 
Dallas Cowboys with and kind of prepare for you guys. And I think it was John Lynch came out. I was like, you know, in my experience, that actually just makes things worse because you think you know the answer, and then when you don't, you failed even harder. And then it's even a more embarrassing loss that you cheated and you still lost. I've been there before. <laughs> did it on a test in high school. Thought I aced it. <laughs> failed. That's the – got to be smart uh, actually, who you're cheating off of. I picked C too many times in a row. There's no <laughs> way this answer could be C. Psych, it is C. That's the kind of teacher I am, too. I, I will do that say, stuff all the time. Do teachers do that? All the time. All the time we do wow. stuff. Just uh, Well, I don't want to speak for the whole profession. I will speak for <laughs> myself. I will go A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C on a test if I have to. But I, I literally did it one time. Psychological and I did make it in your classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching fifth graders, I made every single answer to a test. It was either B or C. I don't remember. But every single answer was the same letter. <laughs> and I had kids turn in that test and be like, I just, I don't know. I'm, I keep getting C. What, like, no, you're good. The work's good. Keep going. Are you sure? Because <laughs> uh, I just picked C again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. Imagine the kid that one day in class is like, I didn't study for this test. I'm just putting C on all of it, turning it in, and he aces it. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a real good assessment of what they know. But I, I think that's what's kind of happening with Michigan, too. Like, uh, we'll see. We'll see how good you cheated. Or change up your hand signals. If you're that worried about it, change up the signals when you play Michigan. You know, it's like baseball. People steal signs all the time, like you mentioned, the Astros. Mm-hmm. Have a mound visit. Change your signals up. Like, stealing signals in baseball isn't even illegal. It was the way in which they were doing it that was illegal. This is kind of similar with Michigan. Change up your signals. I, I don't I don't know. Or why doesn't college do the headsets like the NFL does? Yes. Yeah, why are we not is talking to a quarterback? That, are college players just that stupid? Like, is that part of it? It's just like, <laughs> hey, these guys are dumb. Like, he just he's here for, like, to play football and that's it. You know, NFL, you got to kind of have the yep. brains and the, you know, and the bronze. That's where it's separated in college. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you would think that they would be able to though. And I, I think it was the Manning cast one time this season kind of simulated what it sounds like to have that coordinator in your ear and how stressful that it is. You could dumb it down for these college kids yeah. to where it's just a play call and you're not telling him to check the safety or whatever else. Or if, they line up in this uh, front, and then we're going to audible to this. Just give them all a play call. Put it in 11 different helmets so that everybody knows this is our play. Yeah. I'm all about it. Or just go to the wristband and be like A3. It's like, okay, go to A3, mm-hmm. boom, here's a play, read it off and go. Like, yeah. We have the technology. All of these schools have the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, Michigan's I not short on cash. Speaking of technology, have you seen these new helmets for uh, like AT and T made? They're five G helmets for like deaf players. No, it's got the little lens above the eye, and it like gives the the player the concept or what. It's just like instead of it being hearing, like they just just a little visual like kind of screen thing that they get, hmm. and they can just send it right to it. I was like, now that's freaking cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It's like okay, like kind of a cool. <laughs> Not cool to be deaf, right? But it's like, man, that's a pretty cool feature to have. <laughs> yeah, look at us growing technology. Great. <laughs> everybody help everybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody wins. It would be cool. I've never watched one of those football games before, but I would like to. I hear it's pretty quiet. 
<laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe it's not at all, actually. <laughs> um, we'll get to one of those Bobby games. Boucher noises after. It's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> maybe one of these days we get to one of those games. I still haven't watched an eight-man football game, though. That's on my bucket oh, you list. You ain't missing shit, dude. <laughs> so You've been bad. to a lot of them. Oh, it's just like for me, I'm thinking like eight man football. Like, okay, the field is a little like it's not as wide and it's not as long. I think they play on like an 80 yard field, but it's just like, boys, like we're scoring 60 some points a game, both teams. Or it's just crazy how one team will score 60 to 80 points and the other team can't score. And it's like, how can you not? Throw the ball in the flat, make a guy miss, and hit the sideline. Throw the ball across the middle. There's eight yeah. of them. Three uh-huh. are rushing. Yeah. One of them you is a freshman corner spot. who's five foot two, 100 pounds, and can barely yes. move. It's that like, was my big gripe. I'm just like, I'm like, man, there's like some actual size out there. Like, we should be slinging. Like, stop the deep shit. Like, you're not getting a five step drop in eight man football. Like, you're, you're not going to get that. Like, the speed mm-hmm. difference does matter. But just dink and dunk your way down the field and go score. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. I, I just feel like I, if I had that in high school, it's just like, Brock Purdy, that's who I'd be. <laughs> I'd probably still be center. But, I mean, I'd like to think that I could just stand back there and just, I mean, legitimately just stand and look right or left and zip the ball in there mm-hmm. and just keep moving the ball down the field. Yeah, just screens all day yeah. on the outside. You, you get one athlete, put him on the open side of the field. And send your Run a wide receiver tackle <laughs> and out there just ear hold the safety cracking down your receiver. I mean, I'm coaching next year. I'm signed. I've got myself a new gig. Football season going to be real busy next year, guys. There you go. October's already busy. Why not add another thing to it? Uh, we did want to talk about what teams are good uh, this year. And on the college football side of things, it, I think it's getting – it's a weird college football season because there are teams out there that are undefeated. But nobody feels really dominating like we used to see uh, in years past. Georgia has been dominating where we talk about point differential and how historically great their their defense is. Or with Alabama and how they've dominated for the last decade or so. And it doesn't feel like any of these teams are doing that this year, which I guess is a good thing to see because you do have schools like Michigan, Ohio State, even Washington, Oregon, Texas, Oklahoma. All these schools are right there in it and maybe even – playing for a championship, a national championship, when before they weren't, like you knew it was going to be Georgia in this year. We'll see what happens. But as far as like teams that I think are actually good in college football this year, I'm going with Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington. And I know we agree on three of those teams. Mm-hmm. And the fourth one that I had uh, was Oregon, and I know they lost to Washington. But, like, Oregon top to bottom just feels like a complete football team. And I'm kind of happy to see it. I enjoy seeing it. But then it's like on the other side of this, you know, you look at Michigan, and I feel like Michigan is the team that is kind of dominating this year. Now, granted, it feels like they've had a pretty easy schedule up to this point. But J.J. McCarthy, it seems like he's balling out and he's not really getting that recognition. Everything for Michigan is like what we talked about at the start of the show is just them being under investigation, things about Jim Harbaugh. He was suspended the first four games of the year. So it's like all of that's just taking away from Michigan getting that true recognition of like, hey, we are legitimately dominating teams this football season. And Georgia's kind of doing the same thing. But I think this next week, or the, the I think they play Mizzou. I don't know if it's this week or the next week. Excuse me. Like, I hope that's a good football game. Like, Mizzou kind of hung in there with the LSU for a little bit, aside from that pick six to end the game. 
But Mizzou almost beat Georgia last year. And Georgia had a you know a game-winning drive and field goal there in Mizzou. So I'm hoping that's going to be a fun matchup. Kind of hoping Georgia loses because that's going to kind of spread everything back open on who makes it in and who doesn't. Yeah, Especially Georgia has Florida this back weekend. Back, but okay, yep. So they get Georgia's Probably remaining schedule could be pretty tough actually. Uh, they have Florida this weekend, and then they get Mizzou, who is number sixteen, ranked number sixteen. Uh, Ole Miss, who's ranked number twelve, and then at Tennessee, who's ranked twenty-one. So I mean, they've got three tough SEC opponents right there. And and with Florida too, you just never know. Like they could shock you and yeah. win that game. Like Graham Mertz might just ball out and actually look like. He was supposed to as a recruit. I'm not betting on it, but it could happen. Yeah. I've seen it once before this year. Uh, but they've, they've got a little bit of a tough road ahead of them. And even Michigan, when you look at their schedule, it's not, it's not bad. They get a bye week this week. Then you get Purdue. That should be an easy dub. Penn State at Penn State might be tough, but I don't know if they can score any points. Then you get Maryland. And they end the year, of course, with Ohio State. Yeah, like, winner of that game is probably going to the college football playoff. Like, it's like a yeah. pre-playoff game uh, for that one. But it kind of has the way it, it should be. Uh, and then Florida State, another team that I have is one of my good teams. They've played their toughest opponents so far. Uh, they get Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, whoever UNA is, I, I, Northern Arizona, maybe. I don't even know. That's how bad that school is. And then Florida. <laughs> So their schedule is pretty soft to end the year as well. And then um, Ohio State, another team that's right there in it. I didn't have them listed as one of my good teams because I think they're going to lose to Michigan, and I think it's going to be pretty bad. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you should know that's the kiss of death right there. This is the year that Ohio State will bounce back and beat Michigan (laughs) because I've come out and said that Michigan is going to win that game. I think the last three years, go, I'm like, dude. nope, nope. Yeah, Ohio State still got them. Still got their number. They're, they're still daddy. all of last year. That <laughs> yeah. was, man, kiss of success is what it was from you. Uh-huh. But I, I feel like Michigan is good this year. They, they're not really putting up, like, great numbers. They don't have anybody that's, like, a Heisman Trophy candidate guy. So I think that's why they're not getting a lot of attention. But they play really good defense. They run the ball well. And J.J. McCarthy has played well. He's just not putting up Heisman numbers to play well. So I like Michigan yep. is kind of being underrated this year. Which is it's crazy because they are Michigan, right? Um, another school that we've not talked about, but we should, uh, Oklahoma and you know one more as well, Texas. I don't like. I don't think Oklahoma like they almost lost to UCF. It felt like they were going to there for a little bit and making some plays to come back and win um, that game. But like looking at OU and who they have for the remainder of the year, I just don't think there's going to be anybody that upsets them. Like yes, you go and play Kansas this week. Kansas is just kind of falling apart. Oklahoma State, of course, is always an opportunity. But after that, it's West Virginia, BYU, and TCU. <laughs> so really, the only game you have to worry about is. Bedlam with Oklahoma State. But outside of that, it's like, man, Oklahoma might just kind of scurry their way on in there. But then with Texas, Quinn goes down this weekend. That stinks. Probably going to be out for a little bit. I think I saw four weeks. Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy is going to be the starting quarterback now. And a lot of people are. I'm excited about him. Yeah, he's huge. Maybe it's because I've never been the biggest Quinn Ubers fan. I just, he's never really impressed me. Even uh, some of the throws that he made before he got injured on Saturday, everybody was like, oh, this is a first-round type throw. And I just don't really see it with him. 
So I'm excited about Malik Murphy, who's really earned this job. I mean, Quinn Ewers came in as a a super high recruit, like perfect rating. Uh, Then you have Arch Manning in there, who's a Manning, who was one of the most sought-after recruits ever. But here's Malik Murphy, who's right in the thick of it. He's competing Mm -hmm. with these dudes. He beat out Quinn Ewers uh, fair and square. Sorry, um, uh, Arch Manning. Like when everybody thought Arch might come in and be the starter this year, Malik Murphy beat him out. He's a big, athletic kid, so I want to see what the offense looks like with him. We've seen Quinn Ewers break loose a couple times, and he weighs about 180 pounds right now. What's it going to look like when Murphy does it, and he weighs 230? So it, yeah. it could be exciting. It could be a nice change of pace for Texas. I, I'm not too worried about it right now, but or he could come out and look like Jalen Milrow did at Alabama and, and not be prepared for it. But I, I think Texas does still look good. They have that one loss to Oklahoma, which is an awful loss for us Texas fans. But when you're looking at it on a resume, it's not too bad of a loss. And you have the potential of seeing each other again in the Big 12 championship, uh, which will most likely happen. So I think both teams are right there. I would not be surprised if one of them got into the playoff. Just because if Texas wins, they're going to have a big win over Oklahoma, and their only loss will be Oklahoma. And then same uh, for Oklahoma, if they go undefeated, if they beat Texas again, I think they've got enough quality wins that they would probably find a way to sneak in. Like I mentioned, Ohio State, they're probably not getting in. The real tricky one is going to be what happens out in the Pac-12, where Oregon has looked really good this year. Washington is, is one of the teams that I listed. That offense looks very good until last weekend. It didn't look super great. But I, I think that's more of a – you start to get a little bit confident and you start to overlook yeah. schools like Arizona State. Now, you're coming off of a great win against Oregon, which was at home, by the way. Uh, Washington beat them at home. I think if that game is in Oregon, Oregon probably wins. I think if that game is at a neutral site, it's probably a push. Like it, you're probably you know five out of ten times you're winning that football game. So I'm right there with you. I do think Oregon has played very well this year. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Pac-12. Can Washington sustain? Uh, and if... If Washington goes undefeated and Oklahoma goes undefeated, sorry, Huskies. Oklahoma's getting in over you. Yeah, for sure. And one other thing with this, you know, I think it was, I think it's Tyler that just mentioned it, you know, wish we had an eight team in the playoff this year. And it kind of got me thinking this afternoon of just imagine if this was the year that they were making the jump to, to 12 teams to be in the college football playoff. Because after this season, then it is going to jump to the 12. Um, and we're sitting here looking at the top 12 teams, and we've pretty much run up to the top seven with Texas being seven. Then it goes Oregon, Alabama, Penn State, Oregon State at 11, and then Ole Miss at 12. You're still missing schools like Utah, Notre Dame, LSU, North Carolina, Tennessee, USC now sitting at 24 with two losses. They're dead in the water. I mean, USC is freaking hosed at this point. Mm-hmm. There ain't no way you're going to make anything happen. Um, and it's just crazy to think about with all the hype that was surrounding them uh, and at the beginning of the year, too. But if this was the year that you were going to do the 12-team playoff, it would be a pretty neat little 12-team. Mm-hmm. And this is the last year for four, which is nice. I do want to see what happens with the playoff because when they were talking in the format and everything, it was going to be the six conference champions and then six at-large bids would make the playoffs. So you were going to have the Power Five conferences – plus one at-large bid for one of your group of five schools. Well, the Pac-12 is going away. So are you going to do 
the Power Four conferences and then two at-large bids? Are you going to do uh, five automatic bids and then seven, uh, uh, whatever else you want to call them? It's, I don't, I don't know what the plan is. That's going to be a good point because you're going to have so many powerhouse schools in those four conferences now. Like the SEC is mm-hmm. overloaded. The Big Ten's overloaded. The Big 12's got a ton of schools in them now, too. You know, not necessarily as big as those mm-hmm. other two conferences that I just mentioned, but, right. you know, even the ACC, like you almost, they're up and coming. So it's just insane. Yeah. Like you, honestly, you should probably give the SEC two schools. You should give the Big Ten two schools going forward. They, they just they have too much talent. They're, they are too good. Yeah. But I, they'll get in, I guess. So you probably don't have to give them the automatic qualifier. They'll, they will get in. Like Ohio State, they would get into the playoff if there were 12 teams this year because they're just going to be yeah. that good. you know. But it will be interesting, too, because right now, if it were 12 teams, you have the six conference championships. Or sorry, conference champions. Air Force is getting in. <laughs> they're undefeated <laughs> right now. Air Force would be in the playoff. And I think it's been really cool to see schools like UCF out there and, and Cincinnati make yep. the playoff. Air Force is in for a rude awakening if they make the playoff. And, like, you pull <laughs> Michigan week one. That's going to be oh. tough for everyone to watch. Man, you just be sitting there screaming, like, America, and it's like, Michigan. <laughs> it's like, shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do love when schools play the service academies, though, because even this weekend, LSU and Army played. And LSU oh. was like, we're going to paint our end zones camo. And then we're going to score 66 points on you. <laughs> None of you will even get to go in it. It just does. <laughs> Everybody salute the flag, but also we're going to run this score up on you. <laughs> Thank you for Appreciate your service. Your service. Thank Appreciate you for your service. Good game. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Sorry we scored eight times. Uh, what do you Thank do? you for what your do service. You, like, what do you do at the end of the game? Is that what you say? You can't say good game. They got, they're doing more than that. <laughs> yeah. right? you and can you trash talk Shit, can you trash crazy. talk the service academies <laughs> hey sorry you, you couldn't get into a real this is no fly zone dog nobody jets out here <laughs> that would be I have to hear that trash talk to those schools that is hilarious uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then on the NFL side of things the NFL I think has been almost as, as unpredictable as college football, like there will be teams. I'm like, all right, this team's good. Like the Bills, I don't know what is wrong with the Bills. I don't think they're good. I like, I actually think they might be collapsing after a couple weeks in a row of me saying like, no, the Bills are good. They're they're fine. They'll be just fine. Nope, they're not. It looks bad. You lost to the Patriots, who look awful this season. Mm-hmm. So uh, as far as like good teams go in the NFL, I said let's put four each. And I don't know if I even believe in all four of the teams that I put. But I put the Chiefs and the <laughs> Dolphins out of the AFC. And I put the Eagles and the 49ers out of the NFC. And just taking off the, the Chiefs fan hat for a second, they have not looked great. They've looked good. They, they've won all their games yeah. but one. But it's still, yeah. yeah, it feels like there's just they're missing something. And I know the numbers are there. And you see Travis Kelsey, and he's great when Taylor Swift is there. Patrick Mahomes is putting up all kind of yards, but it still feels like something is missing on that offense. It's a it's a number two it's a number two target, like a true yeah. one, and I think we're kind of starting to see that become Rasheed Rice. I think there was a mm-hmm. it was Jim Nance or Tony Romo mentioned it in the game. I don't know if you caught it, but it was like, hey, uh, Rasheed Rice has just as many targets as Travis Kelsey does this season. 
and it seemed crazy to think that and hear it, but, you know, Travis Kelsey misses the first game of the year. Rasheed Rice has, I think, scored four touchdowns now mm-hmm. um, in his rookie season. Kelsey also went out with that ankle injury. But, like, we're starting to see Rasheed Rice kind of get those those more looks and making plays. I mean, he ran over a defensive back yesterday of the Chargers, and it was pretty mm-hmm. cool to see that. And when you look at a guy like Rasheed Rice, that's when, when you have that type of player that you can rely on. That's when the Chiefs' offense is at its best. That's when we saw it at its best with Sammy Watkins. That's when we saw it at its best last year with Juju Smith-Schuster. You have to have that type of build and receiver, a guy that can catch the ball and then turn into pretty much a running back after the catch and go get those hard yards, and that's what they have. And then you're able to kind of spread the ball around to uh, an MVS who's going to stretch the field a little bit or be a reliable third-down guy. You get McCall Hardman back who's going to kind of make some magic happen. I mean, he did on the punt return. Welcome back to Kansas City. He did on a big third down in the red zone as well. So I think we're seeing this Chiefs offense kind of moving forward. And Justin Ross is another guy who I'm getting kind of excited to see and him continue (laughs) to develop. Gets arrested this afternoon. I was going to say, you didn't see the news, right? (laughs) I I saw it about 10 minutes ago, and I'm glad I did because I was ready to hype this guy up tonight. (laughs) And uh, I had missed the news this afternoon. Kind of annoying, honestly, and it's a felony charge because it's over $25,000 worth of damage. With mm-hmm. Willie Gay's situation last year, his with, was a misdemeanor. It turns out to be a vacuum. I'm assuming what the reports are coming out is that it was a similar situation like that. He just caused more damage. Mm-hmm. Man, your head coach that that morning was just saying, like, yep, we're just got to continue developing this guy. He's going to get more looks. He's proven himself in the offense, and that's what you turn around and do. Yeah, then you just, go out there and do that. It's just a stupid move. Like, you got to know better. You know, you're fighting for your career here. You're getting chance after chance, and then this happens. I don't know what happened, so I can't I was going to say, I didn't right, see the, but it's just the story like, yet. Dad, gum it, man. Mm-hmm. It's a guy you sit there and you root for, and then something like this takes place, and you're kind of left in no man's land because you can't defend him because you don't know what happened. And then mm-hmm. you can't be like, oh, well, hope everything, you know, can't wait to see him back on the field because then that's just insensitive to whoever had to experience the wrath of his you know, personal damages there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I have no idea what happened yet, but I do know that uh, he got arrested and it was $25,000 worth of damage. That's a lot of money. Even if you're yeah. an NFL player, that's a lot of money to be damaging somebody's property. I don't know. I, we'll have to just wait and see what happens and what gets released. When it does, it, it'll come out. But the Chiefs do. They feel like somebody is still missing off that offense or even just like the, the defense isn't always clicking at times. And they just haven't been real in sync yet. And with the Dolphins, I feel like that's a similar situation. There are times when you're putting 70 points up on the Broncos, but then there are times where you can't like you can't move the ball against Buffalo. So yeah. it, even with them and all their excitement, it still feels like there's some stuff missing from them. And then the Eagles, I think the Eagles looked fantastic last night. But then this is also a team that lost to the Jets. Like, how do you do that? But I, I still think they're very good. And then the 49ers, they're kind of right there, too, in the same boat. These, they're all playing very well. But they all have, like, a really bad loss. And it's all been pretty recent for most of these guys. The 49ers lost to the Browns. How do you lose to the Browns and then go on and win a, a Super Bowl, potentially, is what I can't wrap my head around. But it happens every year. Everybody's going to have a bad loss, a, a team that they should beat. But those are the teams that I think so far this season look the best. They're, they're the four best teams, in my opinion. And so for me, of course, I had the Chiefs on there as well, Dolphins uh, and the Eagles. I think when you look at the Dolphins, you know, the Dolphins and the Eagles game last night, that was a fun one to watch. And that defense, you know, they had, like, you look at the stat line, you're like, all right, they had a forced fumble, they had an interception, 
but you gave up 31 points. <laughs> it's just like, it's not right. a gun, man. Like, you guys just can't can't get out of your own way there, and you're making some plays happen. But I think it just goes to show how dominating this Eagles offense is. And Jalen yeah. Hurts just made play after play last night, throw after throw, and it's just it's fun to watch them click. And, you know, hopefully everyone can stay healthy on that team and they can keep moving forward. But another team that I listed here that's different than yours was the Baltimore Ravens, just due to the fact of what we saw last week. Everyone's been talking about the Lions, me especially, in terms of like, hey, this is a serious team. You know, like they're this is the real deal with the Lions, and then you come out and you lay an egg. In Baltimore's mm-hmm. offense, you talk about clicking like it was. Lamar Jackson was balling out. I saw a reporter after the game pretty much say, do you guys just need to go to London every year then before your offense decides to start clicking? Like is it the trip across the pond? Because it was the same st- story last year with the Ravens. Like what's going on with this offense? They can't get anything rolling. Can't get anything consistent going. Come back from London, boom, there go the Ravens. And it looks like it's going to be a similar situation this year. And I do think they are a good team. They just dealt with a ton of injuries at the beginning of the seasons on both sides of the ball there. Now you're kind of getting in the rhythm. you got everyone figured out. Everyone's hopefully in sync. Now just start rolling. And that division is still wide open for anybody. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Baltimore that's sitting atop of it right now. Yeah. Baltimore is one of those teams that after this week, it's kind of surprising that we're, we haven't talked about them at all. Like I, yeah. Nobody's talking about Lamar Jackson. Nobody's talking about the Ravens being 4-2. and two. And then they come out and, and play wonderful against the Lions. who I, The Lions are very close to being put on this list. For me, I have a team that's played good, but not after you get beat 38-6. to six. I, I, I can't put you <laughs> yeah. on that list after that. And the Ravens did look really good. And that's another one of those teams that, like, when things are clicking and when Lamar Jackson's out there running around and, and throwing some of the passes they did, too, they're one of the most exciting teams to watch. And I, I love watching them. Still a lot of NFL season left, so I, I, it's hard to tell who these teams are. Like, even right now when we're recording this, 49ers are losing to the Vikings. How do you do that? <laughs> 16 to 7 in the third quarter. Like No people saying um, man. Like that's it's a huge difference there for him. It's crazy. Well, I did want to ask you because we haven't talked about it. What's your take on the Tush Push? Are you pro Tush Push or are you anti Tush Push? Um like I'd like to play, but it almost just feels it's going to come off as because I'm a Chiefs fan, right? And they played in the Super Bowl, but it just it feels like one of those plays that's kind of just like a like a gimme type of play form. And at the same time, I have the mindset with it of stop if you don't like it, stop it. At the same time, it feels like one of those plays that is just generally unstoppable when you're on fourth and inches. If you want to go like a a true fourth and one, like maybe that's a little bit more difficult to to get. But the fourth and inches, like I just, I don't know. It just all you gotta do is just dip the ball over. But I guess any offense can do that, right? So I really, right. I wish I had a more of a, a stronger stance on the, the take with it. But I, I really don't because I don't know how I feel because it's stuck between the middle of well, if you don't like it, stop it. But at the same time, it's a, well, it's impossible to stop. They're gonna get it every time. It kind of takes the yeah. enjoyment out of the game if they're just gonna continue to get themselves in a fourth and one situation, get it, and then keep moving the ball down the field. It makes the game kind of boring mm-hmm. at certain points. Ruben third and shorts. They're doing it on some third and shorts, yeah. too. And coming into the year, I was kind of against it. Like, hey, you should probably outlaw that. In the way that some of the defensive players have talked about it, too. Like, how is this even safe? Like, you've got almost 22 guys just going head-to-head against each other. That part mm-hmm. feels a little bit unsafe to be doing. But then you watch and you see, like I said earlier, that football is a copycat sport. 
if something's working for one team, everybody else is going to steal it. But no one else is getting that success that the Eagles are. Yeah. No one is able to do it like they can. Everybody else is getting stopped short or uh, they're getting you know, losses. And you've seen other teams even try to pull in other players and try to do the tush push with their tight end at quarterback and things like that. But it's just not working. And I, it might have been Colin Cowherd that I heard talking about, it too. It's perfect for what the Eagles have because they have one of the best centers to ever play the game. And you've got a quarterback that can squat an ungodly amount. Like most quarterbacks don't have what Jalen Hurts has. Even when you look at Patrick Mahomes, not squatting what Jalen Hurts can. Lamar Jackson, probably nowhere near what Jalen Hurts is doing. Even Josh Allen, like he might just be too tall for that play even. Yeah. It works for Jalen Hurts. It works for Jason Kelsey. And the the guards too that they have on that offensive line. It's Nick Sirianni or whoever, I don't know who came up with it, looking at their team and saying, like, this is going to work for us. Also, A.J. Brown's going to go off for 125 yards once again. That's That's been very impressive, too. But I, I think I'm pro-tush-push yeah. for now. We'll see what happens. I also, like, I kind of hope the Eagles double down on it. And they're like, oh, you all hate it? We're going to run it on second and ten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's second and six. We're trying to get to third and short. Boom, we got three yards. I just want to run them. I want to see them run a trick play out of it, but I don't know how you go about that. Yeah, I've seen some schools or teams do it um, where you're running a toss. Instead of it being a quarterback dive, you toss it out to the running back. and You could do some like handoffs where you pull the, the receiver. You could do some trick plays out of it. Or really throw everybody off. Throw it. <laughs> Get everybody lined up right there and then Tebow dump pass to a tight end. Throw it once, twice. Like, that's going to keep teams so much more honest. Because right now, you look at even the way the Dolphins lined up against it last night. You've got, like, ten guys on the offensive line. or on the line of scrimmage. Four of them are lined up offsides anyway. If you just threw a little dump pass, no one's ready for it. Because everybody's gearing for it right there at the ball, at the center. Nobody's ready for that pass. And that's probably what the Eagles will do uh, with it next. Uh, but like I said, a lot of season left, a lot of NBA season left as well, because the season starts tomorrow on Tuesday, sure. October 24th. It really snuck up on me. Maybe Is this me? Is it my fault? Am I the problem? I've seen no commercials, no advertisements for the NBA season starting. Completely agree. Yep. I, I think I saw it on Twitter. Like, hey, tomorrow night you get – it's good matchups. They're really good matchups to start the season. Like, good job to the NBA because the first game is the Lakers and the Nuggets. And the second game is the Suns and the Warriors. There's some really good basketball games on TNT tomorrow. I've heard, like, no one talking about it. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's the NBA's fault. I mean, you've been heavily invested in baseball this year. Your algorithm is probably like, man, this guy hates basketball. So we're not going to give him anything. <laughs> right? That yeah, might be- he can't. <laughs> There's no way he can pay attention to another sport with the, all the football, all the baseball. But I'm excited about basketball season this year because I'm a Spurs fan again. It's happening. I'm a Spurs fan again, and I really want to see what Wimby can do. Like watching some of the preseason highlights, this I he's going to be special. I'm not an NBA scout. I I watch two young girls play all the time. That's about the knowledge I have on basketball. 
I think they're pretty good because they're taller than everyone. I think Wimbenyama is going to be generational. Like LeBron's going out, Wimby's coming in, and I think he's going to dominate the league. Like what he's able to do with his length offensively and defensively so far looks pretty damn special. Yeah, and he moves smoothly. Like that's the other key part of it. He doesn't just look like some stick figure out there just like grrr down the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, the only thing I wonder is like can he stay healthy? Like that's my mm-hmm. that's my big thing. Like Chet Holgram last year. Yep. Tried to meet LeBron at the rim, saw what happened. Don't be an idiot. But mm-hmm. or guys like Yao Ming have come in and like, oh he's gonna be great. Yao Ming was great. He was injured all the time too. Right? There's something about those guys who are you know, bigger than seven foot two. They don't stay healthy. It's like they always have a foot problem. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm not a doctor either, but I am excited about this season. And also, Giannis got a new contract today, which is really cool to see. It's cool to see the Bucks. Million dollars a year. That's a pretty good chunk of change. Like that's a little bit more than I make teaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got he probably makes more. I was like, "What?" <laughs> he probably makes more per hour than I do a year. That's I, I don't. I haven't done any of the math on that, but it's going to be ridiculous. But also good for him when Mike Trout got his big deal with the Angels, and it was like, "This guy makes a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you know, like a thousand dollars a second. It was like, "Hey, man, like, how about you just toss a couple seconds my way? You know, how about?" Yeah. Huh? How about hook up While you're up? napping, <laughs> throw me some one. You didn't earn that. You didn't earn that nap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy to see a guy like Giannis get it. He, I root for him so hard. I, he seems oh, yeah. like a, just an awesome person. So I'm happy for him. He gets a new contract. He gets a new teammate this year, Damian Lillard. That's going to be exciting to see how those two play. Um, Giannis is a ball-dominant forward. But I think Lillard can play well with him. I mean, he can be a spot-up shooter. He can move off the ball if he needs to. And I think in big moments, you've got Damian Lillard who can take shots. Giannis can score. Lillard can shoot. So that should be a pretty lethal combo. And they still have Middleton, too. And that's a guy who's very underrated Mm -hmm. in the league. And so if he can stay healthy, I think that's going to be a fun trio to keep an eye on throughout the season. You have it in here, like, who we're rooting for. I am rooting for the the Bucks. You know, I'm rooting for Giannis to have another spectacular season, but at the same time, I want to see the Celtics make make some things happen too. Be a little bit more consistent. See Jason Tatum dominate for an entire mm-hmm. season and throughout the playoffs, not just disappear in that type of moment. Still a Heat fan though, so pretty much I'm just rooting for the East. You know, middle finger to the West. Tired of hearing about you guys. I want to see the East do some damage this year. I saw a Instagram post that Tyler Heroes up to like 205. Best shape of his life. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's he going to do? He's not going to the rim. Not in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't Kentucky. <laughs> so he's a thicker but maybe it'll work out. Love it. <laughs> yeah. He's going to run through so many screens now. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> no, it, would, it should be a, a pretty exciting basketball season, though. Like, I, I think I'm going to get more into it. It, it keeps happening. I'm excited about the Bucks. The Celtics are another great team too. We'll see how like the Nuggets how they play this year. I I don't think I like the Suns anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was, they, <laughs> I was about to say what about the Suns, but I, even as I thought, I was like, Ew, like I don't care about the Suns anymore. I'm done with them. It doesn't I'm feel done right, with Kevin Durant, man. I'm over it. I really yeah, like it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe there are some people that listen to this and you're a Suns fan, but I don't like teams that are built this way, where you go and you trade for Bradley Beal and. And Kevin Durant, and 
you've gotten rid of a lot of the guys that you drafted. And I know that we just kind of praised the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's like, oh, they're bringing <laughs> yeah. Damian Lillard. But even that felt a little bit different. Like, you had most of those pieces, and then you traded for one other guy to come in. With yeah. the Suns right now, it just feels a little bit dirty to be like, yeah, I'm a Suns fan. I don't know. We all, I mean, it's going to be the Warriors. The Warriors are going to have another dominating season. Like, Steph Curry is going to be back. Klay Thompson, hopefully he can stay healthy. Like, another full season of those two being healthy, it's going to be scary. Like, that's just can't get over it. And the Lakers, no idea. LeBron, still the king, still averaging <laughs> yeah. a ton of points, still going to be LeBron. But I, it's like we're always just kind of waiting for someone else to take over, and we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Like the last well, six years. And the Warriors, I mean, they're going to get Andrew Wiggins back. Uh, he, he missed a large chunk of time last year. But then they also added Chris Paul. So like, we'll see how he does in that locker room and how he does on the court. I, I don't imagine he plays a lot of minutes. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I, he played a lot of minutes last but year. That's a and, – that's a great thing for the Warriors to have, though, when Stephen Clay is not on the court, right? Someone that's still mm-hmm. going to be able to orchestrate the offense and make things happen. Like, that's a great thing to have with Chris Paul at this point in his career because, like, last year with Jordan Poole, when those guys came off the floor and it was just Jordan Poole, that ball is going up every time he touches it. It was like, well, <laughs> this offense is completely out of scene. Yeah. Now we got to wait for these guys to come back in, kind of get it rolling again, then we're good to go. So, yep. we'll see. And then, uh, of course, you mentioned the Lakers. We'll see what happens with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, are they going to get along? Is Anthony Davis going to be healthy? How much does LeBron LeBron have left in the tank? Like, it's got to be getting close. He is he is old. He is not young anymore. I by like everybody's standards, I think he's old. He's thirty eight. Still doing it in the league somehow. He's probably he's got to be close to thirty nine. Like he's been in the league for twenty years. I think 22 now, right? Well, I guess this is 30, 20th, 18, yeah, 20th season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't want to doubt him because that's that just feels silly. He averaged almost Keep 29 points, energy, dog. eight rebounds, and seven assists last year. Like he's still doing a pretty damn good job. Uh, so he'll probably be good. How good will the Lakers be? I, I don't know. But it, it's exciting to have basketball kind of sneak up on you like that. Uh, other things that we have. Last little segment here. Flag football in the Olympics. I saw this like a week or two ago. Like, oh, they're going to vote on it. And I just thought like, nope, it's not going to happen. Like, they're not going to allow it. And it passed. We're going to have flag football in the Olympics. And that's going to be the easiest gold medal we've won since the Dream Team. Because (laughs) I don't know what you're doing in other countries. They've got great athletes. But they don't play football. We could send not even our best college players, and we're going to win the gold medal in football. Yeah, like in the NFL is pushing NFL players to go play in it. And some people uh-huh. are kind of surprised by that. And it's there's no contact. They know uh-huh. it's not going to be very hard for them to win this thing. And so no. the NFL now gets the brand. It's like, in LA. Yes. And now the NFL gets the brand. We have Olympic gold winners playing in our uh-huh. league. Yeah. And like just like it did for here. basketball, when we started to send the Dream Team and Michael Jordan and everybody internationally, it grew the game of basketball so huge that now you're seeing guys like Luka Doncic over here playing in the NBA. Like I, yeah. So I think the NFL season is like, whoa, we know this blueprint. We've seen it before in the 90s. 
we're going to do this with football. And you're going to get players uh, in other countries. They're like, I've never really played before, but I want to be on the Olympic team. I'm going to try out football. And you might find some more stars that way. So, like, I do get why the NFL is pushing for, like, yeah, we'll send our stars. And that's why what we're going to do today is we're going to build our flag football teams. And I'm still a little hazy on the rules. I think that you get five players per team on the field at a time. Surely there's seven on seven, right? Just five? I think it's five for flag. Seven on seven would be cool. But I think it's five for what they're doing. We're going to roll with five for now. At quarterback, I am taking Patrick Mahomes to be on my team just because he's got the best arm in football. Like, I want to see it. I want to see Patrick Mahomes against, like, a truck driver from Germany that's never really played football. (laughs) He's got a cannon. I'm not even going to try to do an accent, but that would just be freaking hilarious. Shysta. Just hear that ball come whistling by. Yeah. Nine, nine, nine. Right? (laughs) Yeah, so, I like, that's hilarious. I'm also sitting here thinking, like, okay, you're going to scramble drill like Lamar Jackson. Just for mm-hmm. them to be like, wait, I thought the quarterback throws the ball. And he's like, not this one. He <laughs> just runs right by it. I think that would be hilarious. It, Running back, linebacker situation. I, went I was going to say, I think both guys have to kind of – you usually play both ways is yeah. my understanding of it. So even like at the quarterback positions, like you're probably also going to have to play some safety too, which is where Lamar Jackson would be great uh, <laughs> at reading the quarterback that can barely throw the ball 30 yards from another country. <laughs> Have fun with that. You've got Lamar Jackson who runs a four two forty and he's six foot two. <laughs> God, that just, just imagine being like uh, Lithuania, right? You come out there, you're excited to be in the Olympics. You're in America and you're like, we got to play these guys. <laughs> what position did that guy mm-hmm. play running back? Oh, he's been training his whole life. Like, what? They're going to see Christian McCaffrey. Six ago. <laughs> They're going to see McCaffrey get off the bus and be like, 5'10", white? Yeah, we're good. But then here comes like Micah Parsons right behind him. It's like, hey, also, he runs a 4'2", as well, and he's six foot three, 250 pounds. Good luck with that. And that's why I put Micah Parsons on my team as like the running back. I don't know if he can play running back. Good luck on defense. And also, just first guy off the bus. Like, this is what you have yeah. to deal with today. I know we're so pulling flags. Challenge. He's still going to tackle you somehow. Or he's going to stiff arm you into the dirt. Man, I hope they allow to stiff arm. Because if you get, like, you know, moving on to our next position, like tight end defensive line, I went with T.J. Watt. We saw him with the pick six over the weekend yeah. here. Dude looked pretty natural carrying the ball, moving the, down the field. It's like, all right, we could see this guy stiff arm somebody or come after the quarterback in this type of position. That's going to be fun to see. And also, like, Six five white guy that's just absolutely shredded out of his mind. Like another one, Aiden Hutchinson. That's terrifying. You're gonna get this guy with the eye black out there playing flag football, mm-hmm. doing Michael Jackson dances. I'm out. I'm going back home to my country. Yeah. Not here. Well, with I'm T.J. Out. Watt too. Like you said, like his hands are so good as well. Like that he could play both ways. Yeah, I mean, he could play some tight end. We saw J.J. Watt do it. I'm sure that if T.J. really wanted to, he probably could too. And for me, just being a homer, I went Travis Kelsey. But honestly. I would probably choose somebody different. I, I Give me some more Kyle speed. Pitts. Yeah, you, you know, something like that. Or, or somebody that could play. Like, at this position, you should probably take somebody that can play defense. Like a TJ Watt. I like your pick better than my pick, actually. And then receiver corner. 
This was actually my first pick over Mahomes. It's Tyreek Hill. Putting him out there against any other athletes, even if these countries have been like hiding phenomenal athletes in football, Tyreek Hill is just different. His speed and ability to change direction is unique. One of a kind. I, I don't know anybody that can run like he does. Good luck keeping up with him. If he runs the old fly route, you literally cannot defend it over the top. I, I, just, I don't think any other country stands a chance. Maybe I'm being like so much of a homer that I'm borderline like racist on this. You can't compete with the United States in football. You can't do it. I'm sorry. And, you know, you mentioned the nine route. Like Tyreek Hill, like, you have to put him on this list because – just imagine you run a screenplay and like, oh, sweet, they just dumped it off short. And he does this little stutter step, plants his foot in the ground to the left, and cuts it back up the field, and he's already passed three people, and they're like, oh, I thought he was still going the other way. I would just love to see like a camera angle <laughs> Where did for he go? every single one of their faces, and it's like a look at a different person each time you watch this video. And it would just be Tiger Kill just flying by every single one of them. I think that would be hysterical. Speaking of – no neck, fast receivers in the league. Debo Samuel, that's who I went with. And then just a guy who I think would be a ton of fun to see play over there just in terms of doing the dance moves, scoring, kind of having that little bit of cockiness that you know, you'd love to see, Justin Jefferson. I just think he'd be a great representation of what the NFL is all about and just having some spectacular catches and then a, a celebration dance afterward. And these guys are like, oh, wow, these guys are good and they're having a lot of fun and they can mm-hmm. dance way better than we can. Yeah, I like the Justin Jefferson one, too. And then I finished off with uh, one of the Diggs brothers. Like You could go Trayvon Diggs when he's healthy because he plays really good receiver as well as lockdown corner. But I also think Stephon Diggs would be a great corner. His, his feet are so smooth. Uh, you've yeah. seen his brother make the transition to play corner. I think that either one of those guys. But honestly, I hope the NFL players do get on board and I hope they get on board with the same mentality that the Dream Team had of we're going to go out here and we're going to beat everybody as bad as we possibly can. We are not going to take it easy on them. We're not out here, like, goofing off. So even with, like, Tyreek, that's one thing that I could see him going and not really taking it serious, like we did in the 40-yard dash, where he's like, oh, yeah, I'll run, and then he kind of pulls up and doesn't run. Yeah. I, want, I want that Micah Parsons mentality. If you're going to go out there and you're going to show – what real football looks like or Patrick Mahomes. Like he's not going to take it lightly. We yeah, see, we say, see this guy be way. Yeah. He's competitive on the golf course. Uh, so I think that those guys could do well in that, but I do, I hope that this happens and I hope the NFL players get to go. Yep. It, it would be a lot of fun. And I, I love the fact that you brought up the nineties dream team. You, know, you put that mentality in this, like we talk about how much you would dominate these guys to come out of a flag football game and win a hundred some points against mm-hmm. a, a country that's, just learning what football is would be hysterical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, think of all the, the players that you've seen in the past, like Patrick Mahomes not knowing what certain coverages are. Or Brett Favre was like, hey, what's, what's nickel? What is that that they keep saying? Yeah. He was a couple of years into the league. So, and even like some of the coaches that you could get out there, like let Mike McDaniel coach this thing. That's who I want coaching the dream team for, for football. Let his little crazy ass out there designing all kinds of crazy plays. And I think he would want to win and be competitive enough to do it. So, like, on top of all the players, that's who I would want as the head coach. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that. 
There we go. All right, I think that is it for us today. Let us know who would be on your NFL flag football team because I think that we could get some good combinations there. And there's definitely players that we missed that could probably play offense and defense. I toyed around with – I had Travis Hunter on my list for a little bit. It's going to be in a couple years. He he can play offense. He can play defense. He was on my list for a little bit. Uh, before I decided not to put uh, college players on there. But we've got some years uh, until this happens in the Olympics. But we appreciate you guys joining us uh, for tonight on a Monday. I think we're going to stick with the Monday schedules. That seems to be what works out for Big Country and I. So we'll stick with the Mondays. We appreciate you guys joining us tonight, and we'll talk to you all next time.